1: Happy Shabbat to uh, one and all, almost Shabbat to you on the leftist uh, coast, but uh, for the rest of us, the sun has set, and it is a, another glorious uh, Shabbat. Hello, Kirk. Welcome to Yada Yada Hi. Radio. How are you? Good evening. I'm I guess you're, you're time, melting time. there in the People's Republic of California, <laughs> yeah. I understand yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little
0: warm. warm.
1: Yeah, it, it's warm here, too. It, it, it uh, ratcheted up from uh, 85 to 86 today. So, uh, you know, we're in the middle of the blinding heat of summer Uh, (laughs) here in the middle of the Caribbean. When you're in the middle of a pond this large, uh, the temperatures just don't change much from uh, winter to summer uh, or from day to night. Uh, It's going to get really chilly tonight. I think it's going to uh, get down to about 78 by the uh, time we reach uh, midnight. So it can roar back to about uh, 85 uh, tomorrow. We'll we'll send blankets. Yes, oh, please. Yes. <laughs> oh, with a nice trade winds it is lovely. Uh in fact, I I'm glad we are talking about this because uh this the statement that we entered the program last week because uh, we're reading from Yeshayahu 42 uh, uh, mm-hmm. says that the uh the stem that uh Yahweh has brought forth uh has been mistreated. Uh and that um He's been harassed. And since there don't seem to be any other candidates for this uh, Choder stem sucker uh, uh, than what we're doing here, I would have to tell you that I certainly do not feel mistreated. Listen, uh, the Having a 17-page cover story in a national periodical that uh, besmirches one character without getting a single thing right uh, – That wasn't a whole lot of fun, but, you know, that was long ago, faraway kingdom. Um, And uh, clearly, uh, what we have to say does not garner a lot of friends. You're not going to find any support in the conspiratorial, the religious, or the political sectors of society, Mm. which would include about 99.9% of people. And it is true that... uh, there are lots and lots of people online uh, that find their jollies by, A, stealing uh, my translations and, and insights and transliterations and claiming them for themselves and then uh, being critical uh, of me. So maybe the reason I don't feel harassed is that I don't bother to uh, to look at all the, uh, the numbskulls out there, but there are – lots of them. I mean, you can even go to uh, the uh, uh, black Hebrew roots or, or uh, black Israelite uh, movement, and mm-hmm. you will find that these numbskulls are actually using my transliterations and, and translations, and they're promoting uh, religious myths that are completely inconsistent with the Iowa. Uh, of course, they're doing it for uh, for profit. And we've, we have run afoul of lots of of political and religious conspiracy advocates uh, that we've really had to work very hard to uh, disassociate with to once we told people what we really thought of them uh, and what God thinks of them uh, became quite belligerent. So perhaps there is a, a mistreatment. It's just that I, I certainly am. I'm not bothered by it. So when I read it, I'm saying, oh, come on. This is the best job in the world. I've got the best life in the world. I married the most wonderful person in the world. I even have cool dogs. I mean, my world is great. So uh, uh, it's the best job in the world. Um, Here with my Asher and my Wookiee and my layout. what is this about being harassed? But nonetheless, that's what the prophecy said, and you could certainly justify it. It says, the mistreated stem, which has been extended, the kana-ra'at, harassed branch, and ill-treated shoot, which has been brought forth, will never cease. Oh, that part's true. Be harmed or suffer. Uh, that's also true, that's and maybe great. that's the juxtaposition of things that, okay, <laughs> so you're getting constantly attacked by the conspiratorial by the religious by the political uh and uh, and elsewhere uh so that that is true but yet you're never going to cease you're never going to be harmed you're never going to suffer never going to be touched Never broken Never destroyed uh nor will uh his confidence or courage and kirk we've known each other for a long time, and we've spent yeah, a fair amount of time together uh even uh, breaking mm-hmm. bread uh uh together uh in uh mm-hmm. various uh, times in our uh, our lives yeah. and a lot of laughing yeah uh, you know, yeah you know, you you so you know what it's like to uh to uh spend a day um with me uh and you know how i spend Mm -hmm. 10 hours a day doing the translating and writing and and my overall attitude things and my guess is your conclusion would be yeah the way that he sounds on this program the way he he comes across in those books pretty consistent with the way he is in person
0: Uh, i think you're awfully nice fellow too I'm well,
1: yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, <you really laughs> Very are. nice of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> the check is in. The check is in the mail.
0: <laughs> okay, good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a out here. I will. I will <laughs> double your program salary. Uh, for that. This, yeah, hot dog. That I'm This, this <laughs> restoring <laughs> and glowing wick. It says, uh, uh, "This restoring and glowing wick." He will not allow to be quenched. He, of course, is Yahweh uh, and, yeah. you know, when when you're compared to someone that is, as Yahweh speaks of doubt, saying that he is as the sun, that when he returns, he's going to look like the sun. Uh, to be compared to that as this, this glowing wick, it does put things in perspective. <laughs> Which I sort of like, you know. For a moment, you get, "Hey, wow, you well, know, the glowing all, wick really that was not going to allow to be quenched," and you say, "Hey, that's pretty cool." But you just but want to keep things, yeah. yeah. You just want to keep things uh, in into uh, context, perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Goat uh, is coming back as the sun, and uh, here we are as a as a glowing, <laughs> <laughs> as a glowing wick. Hey, but I thought so That's funny. Yeah, we at, least, we at least are glowing. We are not faltering, <laughs> and, uh, and the boss is not uh, going to allow us to be snuffed out or extinguished. And when you consider the uh, the amount of uh, illumination on our words between now and the time the Dode returns, uh, being a wick uh-huh. is a pretty good thing. <laughs> I'm not sure there's much else going on. Yeah, he will reliably and truthfully, steadfastly bring forth and disseminate the means to make an informed and rational decision. That is what we're all about, really. Uh, yes, sir. We're committed, and we have been for the last 21 years, provide the information as accurately, as consistently, as dependably. I even like verifiably, which is part of MF. Uh, this is huge, mm-hmm. law MF, because we're doing this in a way that you can verify everything we're saying. We have, mm-hmm. we have laid all of our cards on the table. It's not only that we, we uh, give you the basis of the translation so that you can look up the word for yourself and to see, does the word actually mean what we're saying? Uh, but we, we'll do a, a running commentary and say, you know, I, I understand that the, the, the other people translate this differently and they say this and we say this uh, for these reasons. And this mm-hmm. is our thinking on the history of this particular word and what it might mean. Uh, there's no one else doing that. So no. We make the translations easily verifiably, er, er, easily verifiable. We work very hard to, to be transparent, so that we admit when we don't know, and we also make ourselves vulnerable which I think is a really important aspect of earning trust by saying mm-hmm. these things are related. Therefore we can conclude uh, that for example, that YAH was going to return on Yom Kippuram in uh, in year 6,000 YAH, which is October 2nd, uh, 2033. So we'll go out there and say, these conclusions can be drawn for these reasons. And we're not afraid to, uh, uh To put it on the line, put it on the line, yeah, and put it in writing, which so few people are willing to do. There, so many people want to have this this talking head thing where they they uh, get a low cost uh, webcam and they show themselves rattling on about this, that, or the other thing. It's so much more effective, but also vulnerable, Mm -hmm. easily verified if your communication is writing. In writing, and everything we're saying, you can look up. We're currently communicating out of uh, volume. I think this is volume seven. Or the last chapter of volume yes, seven of, mm-hmm. uh, of Yada Yawa. Uh, it's hard for me to remember sometimes because of the fact that uh, I'm now, I think, seven chapters into volume eight. Um, I sent you, Kirk. Volume uh, eight, yes, volume yes, eight is, is mm-hmm. the most uh, thank you emotionally charged. Uh, translation we have uh, conveyed thus far. It's based principally on Hosea, uh, and it does not present God's people, Yisrael, in a very favorable light. Uh, That's the department of understatement. Anyway, it says Mm -hmm. that this individual, this uh, um, glowing wick, will be reliable, trustworthy, and steadfast. He's going to To be as honest as uh, he is capable, uh, dependable, verifiable, uh, and he's going to perpetually bring forth and disseminate yatsa. Yatsa is such a powerful term. It's the basis of of the concept of exodus. It means to extend or to withdraw, to come forth with the means to make an informed and rational decision. This is mishpat. Mishpat is one of the, the three or four most important concepts in uh, the uh, the Torah. Uh, Mishpat mm-hmm. is, uh, is one of those words that I, I, I just remain amazed that after uh, two or three thousand years of scholarship, that we're the first to say these words are easily understandable because they're clearly a compound. And right. There is no Mishpat. one that would question that uh, Mishpat mm-hmm. is, uh, is based on Shafat. Correct. And shafat means to decide, to uh, exercise good judgment, uh, to make a rational decision based upon uh, evidence is to shafat. A shafat is a judge, someone who can make a rational decision. The mm-hmm. MI uh, is uh, from my. And my in Hebrew is one of the most common interrogatives. My and ma are the two most common, and although there are five or six interrogatives in Hebrew. Hebrew is different than English. It's actually superior uh, than, uh, than English. In English, you do not know something's a question until you see the question mark at the end of the sentence, but you have to know it's a question before you get to the end of the sentence because the inflection to read a question is different than the inflection when you're reading a statement. But you don't know it's a question until you get to the end of the statement. That's really not a very good way to do things. In, uh, in Hebrew, the interrogatory, the basis of or introduction of a question, something to ponder, to consider, to, uh, to try to analyze and ascertain the intent, is always presented as the first word of the statement. So ma or me would be presented in Hebrew to say what is being presented uh, is being posed as a question so that you can consider the implications of this and seek answers. So in this case, it is my shafat. My shafat would mean to ponder the implications, the who, what, where, why, and how, of making an informed and rational decision. Just what we did right there in explaining the word helps you make a decision. This this is the essence of it. I don't think there's anything that you could say, God could say, it's God speaking here, uh, that would be more descriptive of what we've intended to accomplish these last 20 years than this. To reliably, truthfully, steadfastly, honestly verifiably bring forth and disseminate the means to make a informed and rational decision regarding God. We have demonstrated that God wants us to think our way to him. He doesn't care what you believe, doesn't care what you put your faith in. He wants you to know, to yada, to be in, understand so that you can decide whether or not you want to answer his invitations and engage in his covenant. And you can only do that when you're presented accurate and verifiable information, and then you exercise good judgment regarding it. That statement, by the way, was presented to us by Yahshua, Isaiah, and it's in the 42nd chapter of the third statement. So Yahweh has a lot to say um, about uh, this episode and the lives of his people. Uh, And this is preceding his return when he is trying to inform them so they can make a quality decision about how they wish to address him upon his return. It is literally now or never for the chosen people. Even with the luxury of time, 3,000 years since the previous kingdom of Dode, God could not find a single solitary Jew who would listen to him. So, Kirk, I understand you finally uh, took the old spit test, and uh, and you found that uh, you are uh, as Goyim as Goyim can be.
0: (laughs) I'm afraid so. I had high hopes. It'd be something there, yeah.
1: but no. Yeah, you like uh, me. We, I don't have even a uh, a nuance of, no, uh, of Jewishness in me. I mean, no. I will tell you that when it comes to Yisrael, uh, an individual who engages and adores with God, or uh, Yahudah, the beloved of Yah, uh, I think that that's how God views us, and that's what we strive to be. And we live, we work on mm-hmm. behalf of, of Yisrael and Yaouda. But ethnically, uh we are uh, we're both mutts. Yeah, pretty and, true. Yeah, speaking of uh of uh, of mutts, um they wouldn't consider themselves that of course, but uh today's program is being uh, promoted in social media and Spain. Uh so we hope that oh, uh you Espana. listen well now. Yeah, now Spain is, is an interesting place uh, as it relates to the chosen people, and uh, that they were both uh, treated well and treated poorly there. It was a one there was a very brief period of time where Jews were actually treated decently in Spain, but for the most part they were treated as uh, um, as the Roman Catholic Church treated them throughout time. Uh, in fact, it was the Inquisition in Spain that uh, that caused most Jews to uh, to leave. Uh, the Inquisition in, in Spain, uh, promoted by the Roman Catholic Church, was probably as brutal against Jews as uh, any period uh, up to, but not including, uh, the pogroms in the Ukraine or the Holocaust. Uh, so this is it's a rough uh, a rough go there for uh, for Jews, and those are the people that we care most about. So God is is telling His people that, yeah, I, I'm going to use this glowing wick to convey this information, because quite frankly, none of you were available to me. And so now between Chag Matza and Teruah, uh, as we are broadcasting here in 2022, only 11 orbits of the sun, <laughs> 11 years, it will wax poetic sometimes,
0: um, uh, very good.
1: that uh, uh, before uh, you see the light, uh, God is encouraging them to listen. So with reconciliations uh, rapidly approaching, Yahweh wants, I, this sounds strong, but he actually needs to get Yisrael's undivided attention. And what better way than to speak prophetically of the witness he has promised to deploy? I was just translating. I think it's the second to last statement of uh, Hosha's 11th chapter, uh, right before the program began. And God said, you know, because I'm God and not man, in spite of Israel's disgusting behavior, I, I just don't want to come back angry and frustrated. Mm. And The That's only way that, that, that uh, God can come back and not be disgusted with his people is for us collectively to prevail, to have a, a uh, I'm going to use the term reasonable, uh, to have a sufficient number, and more importantly, a quality of Yehudim and Israelites prepared to accept and respond appropriately to Yahweh upon his return. And that's why we're here. So the fact that he says, I'm not going to come back frustrated, uh, suggests that working together, that we will be successful. Aware of what God has repeatedly revealed, everyone who is listening to these words, uh, you have a choice. You can capitalize upon what Yahweh has endeavored to bring to your attention, appreciative that he has deployed his spirit to make all of this available for your benefit. You can read it. You can validate it. You can respond to it. Or you can discount these prophecies. You can ignore what God is offering. You can scoff at these words. You can choose to retreat to religious rhetoric, political platitudes, continue as you and your people have been doing for the past what, 3,000 years? Mm-hmm. And uh, see if anything changes. Now, the master of metaphors has put them all to, into play. He has painted his final witness as a nakri, which is um, a, an observant and responsive foreigner. Sometimes it's nakri, which means my observant and responsive foreigner. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just nakar, which would uh, be uh, without the Mm Mai. A choder, which is a sucker, um, which is growing from a fallen stump, the rootstock of a fallen stump. A balak, which is a spiritual messenger. A Bashar, which is a human herald. A zoroa, one who sows the seeds. And a jada, which means to know. And now, here, in this statement, there is a kana, a stem, and an unquenchable ka'ah, uh, pitash, a glowing wick. By name or title, his role is to compose the nesh, which is a sign and banner that Yahweh has prominently t- promised to prominently display upon his return. As a matter of fact, there is in the prophets. I don't know if this is Zachariah or in um, Malachi. I think it's Zachariah, though. Is <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yahweh is speaking of the two witnesses, one of which is uh, El-Yah. uh He speaks of this giant banner that he gives the dimensions that is hovering overhead, and could well be what we're bringing. That's you interesting. Tonight. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In fact, if I were guessing, uh, as much as I love Yashaiah and and that's what we're citing right now, and it may be a big part of that. But also, uh, I've sent you the chapters so far on Hoshea On Hosea. Yes. And oh my uh-huh. goodness, are they ever biting, uh, relevant, uh, stinging? What God has to say about Israel and his relationship with them. It. It's enough to make you want to just cry. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so if there is someone else, Kirk, and we've always encouraged this translating the prophet's pronouncements, who has done similarly, should there be twenty, two hundred, 200, or 2,000 witnesses engaged in calling Yahweh's people home, so much the better. But there were none, and now at least there is one. Now, that's not to suggest that this wick has any merit outside of this moment. He's not among the featured characters in Yahweh's story, nor is he a prophet. He isn't even a Yehud. And you certainly aren't either, Kirk. No. He does not want or expect any accolades, recognition, or responsibilities. Not now, not in the hereafter. He is simply a replacement player. Remember when the uh, uh, baseball had its uh, strike and they oh, yeah. uh, they had the They're replacement players, players yeah. and you mm-hmm. probably couldn't come up with a name of a single one of them. Uh, well, no, that is what, <laughs> that's what he, he, he what is. A, he is a, yeah. He with is a replacement player. Uh, <clears throat> and the reason he is a replacement player is because the original cast is all out on strike. Yeah. Uh. In heaven, Mm fortunately, he will be one of many. So now, however, uh, the role of the glowing wick is to introduce Israelites to Yahweh, to the Torah, to the Mekre, to the Bereth, to Dode, the Son of God, the Messiah, Shepherd, and returning King. He is calling God's people home. At the very least, Yahweh's witness wants you to be aware that God did not say, and I'm going to cite the King James Version, A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax he shall not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Say what? Okay. (laughs) Hey, but it was authorized. Yeah, it's it's all right about (laughs) a king. A bruised reed shall he not break. And a smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Uh, Okay, I don't think so. (laughs) He will not be restrained or incapacitated nor discouraged. Lo, Ka'a. Uh, he will not be apprehensive, controlled, or undermined. Nor will he lose his intensity, nor lack for sufficient resources. Never holding back. Well, that's a pretty good explanation of what we're doing here. Nor will his everlasting witness ever be effectively challenged. Wallow Ranatz ad. Nor will his testimony be opposed, nor demeaned, throughout the remainder of time, as he examines and establishes good judgment and sound decision making within the land and upon the earth, and so in the coastlong lands will, and so the coast lands, which is the coastal Mm -hmm. regions. Yes. will long to inherit his Torah. Yahshia, Isaiah 42, 4. So, pretty straightforward. This uh, individual that Yahshia is speaking of, who Christians have, have um, decided is speaking of Jebus, even Jebus <coughs> is never named, and And it would be, in in my view, uh, inappropriate to refer to the Passover lamb as a glowing wick. Heck, the Passover lamb had the nephesh, the soul of Yahweh. That makes him considerably more important than a glowing wick. This guy is a glowing wick. He's a a, uh, a stem. That's not Yosha. Clearly not Dote somebody much less important. And it can't be Yosha because nothing Yosha said can be verified. We don't have a single word he spoke reliably maintained in the language he spoke, not one. So So this individual who said he will not be restrained, incapacitated, or discouraged, clearly Yosha was discouraged and which what's the whole Gethsemane experience, you know? God, if this thing can mm-hmm. pass, you know, give it to anybody else. To, you know, but uh, your will, not mine. But oh my God, do I really have to do this? I you know, I know that if it had been me, I'd say, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm out. <laughs> you, you've asked too much. Yeah, well, uh, but, uh, yeah. you know, fortunately, he was had Yahweh's sp the soul, so yes. he will not be restrained, incapacitated. Last time I checked, the Passover lamb was He's incapacitated.
0: Pretty strained, yeah. Wrapped up. Pretty much pretty
1: much incapacitated. This ain't talking mm-hmm. about the Passover lamb. But he will not be restrained, incapacitated, or discouraged. Well, that really is an accurate assessment of what we're doing. Nor will his everlasting witness be challenged. Yeah, Kirk is... I think 21, 22 books on the shelf now. Yes. Never had a single credible challenge to anything we've ever written. I think
0: about that often, yeah. That's true.
1: As he examines and establishes good judgment and sound decision-making within the land upon the earth. And so in the coastlands, they're going to long to inherit historic guidance. That's what we're here for. We want you to accept Yahweh's to- Torah. And to inherit the Torah means that you're among those on Yom Kippurim in your 6,000 Yah whom Yahweh writes his Torah guidance.
0: In your heart. Uh, yes. Yeah, right upon you. Yeah. right
1: Integrated right into you. That's what it means to, to inherit, to receive
0: the Torah. the Torah. Mm-hmm.
1: And if you're a Yehudim, it's your birthright. So when you read this, uh, it certainly seems that Yahweh is pleased with his witness's attitude and his tenacity. Now, God made it that way. I mean, he infused the spiritual energy, the courage, and the insights that he is now praising. So to some degree, uh, God's saying, okay, <laughs> I... I I'm, I'm I, infused, I gave this guy enough spiritual insight, spiritual support, that it, it turned out pretty darn good.
0: Um, wow. Well, uh, we work well together.
1: Uh, we do work well, work well together. So uh, to a large degree, he's complementing what he has enabled. But that's okay. I'm, I'm delighted. You've got to take out a run with it. What that means is we didn't get in the way. And that's plenty good enough. So God's obviously, in fact, no matter where you turn and you read about what God says about this last witness, he's pleased. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I'm sitting here saying, oh, my God, I hope we don't disappoint him. We're uh, so inadequate compared to what this task is. And he's saying, no, no, (laughs) no, this is great. This is working out really well.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I say, please don't get sick.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, so works works for me. That's, uh, that's his view. You know, I, I do think to a large degree, and this is part of the, of the thing for all of us, because God's yes. children are bathed in, in light. They're uh, adorned with this garment of light that makes us appear perfect before God's eyes. And our thoughts are transported through the set-apart spirit who polishes them up considerably. So from God's perspective because all he can see of us is the best of us filtered through the brilliance of the set apart spirit we are looking really good.
2: Hey. But, yeah
1: but that that is really how it's working. But isn't that pretty yeah. cool because God is mag- you know magnificent. He's brilliant. He is perfect. And so if he saw us for all that we are is opposed to the best of us, it would be pretty embarrassing. That's part of why the children of Israel said, okay, enough of that already. His voice is uh, is too piercing. His presence is uh, too intrusive. Could you have him back away? And uh, Moshe, can you interpret this uh, for us? Uh, that's how they responded. And I would say that if God didn't have this approach, if he was... You know, we're doing the best we can. We are really devoted to getting this right. Love, Yahweh. Uh, but if God saw every flaw in us, I don't think we'd have the... Um, You're going to what, brothers. Yeah, I, I just don't think we'd have what it takes to continue. It would be too no. uh, too embarrassing to uh, um, feel too vulnerable. Uh, but the very mm-hmm. fact you got to hey, listen, I think you're doing a great job. Uh, but it's again, he's seen it through the brilliance of the set-apart spirit. That's the way it works, though, so that we can be relaxed and liberated and enthusiastic, knowing that uh, what we're doing is being uh, empowered by, uh, by God's uh, desire and his will through his spirit. So, this final flame will be obviously faint compared to the brilliance of Moshe and Dode, but that's appropriate because his task is to share their lives and their testimony. The story is based around them. Mm
2: -hmm. Moreover,
1: in these dark days, glowing uh, wick is sufficient. The witness will endure, and his testimony will be unchallenged because of his approach, wherein he encourages God's people to examine the Torah and then decide based on the evidence. Now, we have a number of options with the word, uh, it's uh, LF yod, uh, I. The most common definition is, as I shared it with you, coastlands, in addition to border region. I can
2: mm-hmm.
1: also be translated as an inhabited area, alas, woe, or it can serve as a form of negation. It can even be an interrogative asking where, why, or for what reason is something is being done. This is likely because the verbal root, uh, ah, ah, expresses a desire, a preference, or a longing. Every time prophetically that I have read I, it seems to be addressing primarily the United States, but also the other countries along the coastlines of the major Mm -hmm. seas that the Jews currently live. Now, if you look at the overwhelming majority of Jews, they live within 100 miles of the coast, particularly in... Israel, where 45% of the world's Jewish population lives, they're all living within 100 miles of the coast. In the United States, because of California, Florida, and New York, Mm -hmm. the overwhelming percentage of Jews live within 100 miles of the coast. This is also true in France and Canada, the United Kingdom, Argentina, even in Russia, Germany, Australia, Brazil, and South Africa. Therefore, 14.4 million of the world's 15.2 million Jews have settled near the sea within these 11 nations, with 45% residing in Israel and 38% living in America.
0: You know, that's another... Uh, let me just say, that's, that's another thing you do that I've never seen. You literally take the time when you get a verse like that, and you've done all this translating, then you sit there and you actually look up all this to verify, is this is this translation correct? Then that's where I'd find them. And if that's not where I find them, then i maybe have to relook at the translation. But you've done research yep. on everything like this, and that is uh, commendable. I mean, thanks. I, well, and, I go back because, sometimes uh, and look at it. And go, yeah.
1: yeah, because the primary... Definition of I as coastlines, coastlands, yeah, and what he would say, at. "Well, oh, why, would, yeah. why would he speak in this context of coastlands, unless the prophecy was speaking of where most of his people uh, would family. reside uh, prior to his return?" And so, if you're going to to render it under the primary definition, which seems a little odd uh, just by itself, then I think mm-hmm. it. It requires us to go the next step and to say, okay, if I render it coastline, coastline, is it an accurate depiction of what has occurred? Oh, we find out that, yeah, yeah, it's a really accurate uh, depiction because it describes 14.4 million of the world's 15.2 million Jews. Uh,
0: That's a big number.
1: Yeah, big big percentage. (laughs) Cool. That's so cool. it is perplexing that Christians believe that this speaks of their uh, Jesus when uh, they have sought to do away with the very thing being inherited. Yeah, it was Torah. How can this Isn't be Jesus wow. if the thing you're going to inherit is the Torah? Hmm. It, it's, it's stunning how stupid you have to be to be religious. The thing that is being inherited is the Torah, the very things that Christianity requires to be annulled, to be replaced by their New Testament. So guess what, folks? He ain't talking about Jesus or Christianity, but somebody who isn't afraid to tell the truth. Now, one of the reasons so many people are confused is that their Bible translations or I should say Babel, translations are bewildering. We quoted the King James Version a moment ago. How about this one? He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth. I would have thought it would have been has, but nonetheless, that is a quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth. Now, I've never been to the center of the earth, so I, I can't tell you what's uh, there, but I can tell you for certain that Yosha didn't go there, and I'm not going there. Uh, as for, for have set judgment, no. Our goal is to make good decision-making possible, which means you have to do two, to actually do a, several things. One is you have to provide accurate information.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: second thing is you have to provide perspective to, to help folks understand the context in which things are being said, and then to make the proper connections to understand so that you can make good decisions. Um, judgment is of God, way above our pay grade. Helping you make a good decision we can do that. But this goes on to say, he shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment on the earth and the isles will wait for his law. Mm-hmm. There but are no isles. Them. There are no isles in Israel. No. No. None. And to call the, uh, the country with the second most number of Jews an isle. Uh, would uh, be...
0: So those strange, don't you think? Yeah, this is the,
1: the point that you were making. If you're going to translate yeah, something exactly. uh, a certain way, you ought to look it up and see... is
0: it Does it make that? sense?
1: That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Uh, and they shall wait for his law. Why would you wait for something that we were given 2,000 or 3,400 years ago? What, what are you waiting for? Yeah, pick it up. It was given to us 3,450 years ago. What are you waiting for? And by the way, Torah is based upon the Hebrew verb Yara. And Yara means a source from which guidance, teaching, direction, and instructions flow. It does not mean law. So they got everything wrong. The new American Standard Bible, which claims to be literal says he will not be disheartened or crushed until he has established justice on the earth and the coastlines will wait expectingly for his law. How can you claim to be literal if you don't know Torah means guidance? If you can't take what is one of the single most important titles from God and you just can't render it as a title, T-O-W-R-A-H. Torah. What in the hell is wrong with you folks that claim to be theologians, claim to be presenting God's word, and you can't write God's words? That you have to replace them with the stupidity of law. It says Torah. And He is not establishing justice, not his job. Yosha most certainly didn't do it. Jesus didn't do it. Moshe didn't do it. Doe didn't do it. There is no justice. And if you think this was your Jesus, why isn't there justice on the earth? God. The NILT, the New Living Translation, which is a a novel written by uh, Christian theologians. It reads, he will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. Good God, it's not his instruction. If you thought this was Jesus, then it says Torah, and you're screwed. Because if Jesus is providing the Torah, he certainly couldn't have been establishing a new religion based upon a New Testament that annuls the Torah. So your own translation destroys the myth that this spoke of your guy. And I will tell you, the actual guy that is speaking of, he doesn't care, and you shouldn't care, about his instructions. I gave instructions to my tile layers today. You don't want to hear it. <laughs> Just, you don't want to hear it. It's meaningless. My instructions are useless. It's not my instructions. It's Yahweh's Torah that we are teaching. That's what you have a chance to inherit. The JPS, the Jewish Publication Society, uh, they wrote, "He shall not fail nor be crushed till he have set." Where well, there's the have again?
2: <laughs>
1: oh, you know, what's wrong with has? Until he have set. No. Until they have. They have okay. He has, uh, it's not that complicated, you know, subject verbs, they got to agree, till he have set the right in the earth, the right in huh. the earth.
0: Well, the, right, the right in the earth. What is
1: the right? I mean, I know what's right, but the last thing, you know, it's, you know, the old sign, I finally got my shit together, but I forgot where I put it, uh, we want you to be right, God wants you to be right. But when you're right God. put it keep it in your head. Don't go plant it someplace. And the aisles know, shall wait for his teaching. There are oh, wow. no isles, folks. But to their credit, credit. To their credit. No. Even the JPS knew that Torah means teaching. So why do Jews refer to it as the law? Oh. Alright, so I don't claim remember. that my translations are, are perfect, I just will claim that they're easily verified uh, and that they are more accurate uh, they're, they're consistent with Yahweh's uh, words. Uh, this is what uh, um, I am convinced God wanted us to know. It says He will not be restrained. He will not be incapacitated nor discouraged nor will his everlasting witness ever be challenged as he examines and encourages good judgment and sound decision-making within the land and upon the earth. And therefore, they will long to inherit his Torah teaching and guidance. What a difference. Mm -hmm. The truth is just so much better. Now, this statement is also a a mortal blow to Judaism. It is Yahweh's Torah. It's not their Talmud, which is being restored to prominence. Moreover, Hashem has a name. Thus says the Almighty, Yahweh, who created the universe and the spiritual realm and then expanded them while spreading out the material realm along with the earth and that which is produced within it who provides a conscience for the family upon it in addition to the spirit who walk with her wow yeshaya isaiah 42 5 now that's not exactly third grade curriculum there. Hmm. You, you pretty much got to be with it. Um, I don't know if it's graduate school, but you've got to be with it to understand what God is trying to convey here. So, thus says the Almighty, who, by the way, has a name. His name is Yahweh. Yod, hei, wah, hei, four vowels, Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Who created Bara, who conceived and brought into existence, uniquely fashioning and forming for the first time the universe and the spiritual realm, Ha Shamaim. And then expanded them, wa natah yeah, enlarged them, extending them by inflating their size. Boy, that is really true yeah it's true both by the way of the six dimensional universe that surrounds us. It is not only expanding but it's expanding much faster than the speed of light and it's really big uh the new telescope they uh, they just sent up uh it took a picture the first picture, and the first picture from the uh, the telescope now this telescope is actually in a uh uh in a solar orbit. It's uh, much, much further out than the moon. They didn't put this thing in Earth orbit. They put it in solar orbit. Uh, and the first picture um, shows a, uh, a slice of the universe. So if you were to put your your hand, extend your, your hand all the way out, and your index finger all the way out, as far as you can from you, and you were to imagine a grain of sand on the tip of your finger. That okay. is the full scale of this picture. So the telescope focused on the amount of sky that would be equivalent to the size of a grain of sand on the tip of your finger. And within that scope, there were, it looks like in the picture, many, many hundreds, maybe a thousand galaxies each with 100,000, maybe a billion, could have even been the average galaxy seems to have 100 billion stars. So in a grain of sand, as we look into the blackness of the, uh, of the sky, there are 1,000 galaxies perhaps averaging 100 billion stars apiece. Think of the enormity of that. And if if that's that one grain of sand, and we're only looking at our tiny little slice of sky, imagine how much is really out there. Uh, It's just so enormous that the idea that this thing came from nothing, and that it didn't have a creator and a plan, is just utter nonsense. Yahweh created it. And he created it to be magnificent. And he created it to be magnificent for a single reason. And that is so that we could ponder the enormity of it all and say, look how magnificent God has to be. Look at what he is offering to us. So that when he gets his primary desire, which is to raise us as his children, to empower us, to perfect us, to make us immortal, to adopt us, to enrich us, to enlighten us, and we go on voyages of discovery and get to explore all of the vastness of the universe that God created and the life that he conceived in it, that we will have enough to see and learn and explore to fill eternity. That's what that picture of a speck of sand conveys to us. So this is the Almighty uh, who created the universe and the spiritual realm and then expanded them while spreading out the material realm along with the earth and that which is produced within it. Who provided a conscience Anasalma, it is the greatest gift that God could possibly give us. Anasalma, it's the one thing that makes Adam different than all of the humans outside of the the garden, and that makes us different than the animals. It gives us the opportunity to think our way to God. It is that unique human capacity to reason, to use our nephesh soul to observe and respond to stimuli and the outside universe around us in a way now that usually our nasma is reasoned and rational, judgmental, discerning, discriminating. The nasma gives us the ability to be just, to be accurate, to be correct, to be right, to be fair, to be moral. All of these things that virtually every human chooses to forfeit what a gift for Ha'am, the family that is upon it in addition to he gave us the spirit the Ruach the maternal presence of God's nature to all of those who journey through life with her pretty profound I guess yes From this, uh, we can be assured, one, God is Yahweh's title. Two, Yahweh is God's name. Mm -hmm. Three, he speaks directly through his prophets in first person. Four, God created the universe, which is expanding because Yahweh initiated the Big Bang profusion of light. Five, God gave mankind a nasama, a conscience, so that we would have the capacity to reason, to think rationally, and thereby be able to relate to him. Six, the Spirit of God is offered to family members who use their Nasama to travel through life, enjoying an association with her. Underline these uh, facts, there is an amazing story being expressed at a very high level. The one thing that makes humans distinct from other animals is our nisama, our conscience. Mm -hmm. This God-given capacity to think rationally and distinguish between right and wrong, good and bad, truth and lies, was placed within us so that upon reading the Torah and Prophets, we would come to know Yahweh and understand what he is offering and expecting in return. You want to know Yeah, read his Torah. You want to know what's going to happen, read the prophets. You want to know what God is offering and expecting in return, study his teaching and guidance. Now, pursuant to this prophetic uh, declaration, our Nasama, our conscience, is the very thing that enabled humankind to recognize that the universe was created in the manner Yahweh tests. When the redshift of starlight was discovered by Hubble, we -hmm. came to realize, I guess in the 1950s, we came to realize that the universe had a beginning and that it was created. This scientific affirmation of God's testimony should have caused smart people, to acknowledge that the Barret genesis accounting was correct. But instead failing to use their Nisama conscience appropriately, they suggested otherwise by explaining that an ancient profusion of energy cooled as it expanded to produce matter, which demonstrated that they had explained away the need for a creator. The secular can be as senseless as the sectarian. Now, as it pertains to our composition as humans, our bizarre physical bodies are carbon-based, formed out of the residue of dying and exploding stars. <laughs> but without a nasama soul, there is nothing interactive particles in a sea of water. Therefore... Mm-hmm. While the three-dimensional language of DNA instructs the elements which comprise our bodies on how to form cells and function in support of the entire organism, without consciousness, a nephesh soul, that language is no longer read, and the body dies. Further, it is our nephish consciousness which gives animals, such as humans, the ability to observe and respond to our environment. The Bashar is the computer, and the Nefesh is the operating system, while the Nasama serves as an advanced program.
0: That's a good analogy.
1: Now, it is this amalgamation of stardust comprising our Bashar physical bodies orchestrated by the language of Delet, noon no. yeah. <laughs> Animated by our Nefesh consciousness, which when operating as designed, can identify and accept Yahweh's Ruach spirit. In this way, a decaying Bashar and a mortal Nefesh using the Nisama conscience, can be transformed into or light energy becoming immortal the means to eternal life to being uh, improved to perfection our adoption into God's family followed by the expansive experience of being enlightened and empowered enriched and emancipated occurs by design through Pesach, Matzah and Bokotam leading to Shabuah Well, that is the story, I think, that Yahweh wants those of us with a functioning Nesama to appreciate, to capitalize upon. Therefore, his accounting, much like the prophecy, was revealed for the last generation, for the remnant of Yisrael, such that open-minded and receptive Yehudim, Jews, would choose to reconcile their relationship with Yahweh. And come back home before it is too late. I think the creator who orchestrated and conveyed all of this was able to communicate it to you using a Bashar human herald to share what are essentially very profound insights that ought to garner your attention, consideration. And they say miracles aren't possible. Well, having used his nephesh and the Sama correctly and infused with the ruach, it is as this Bashar has explained. I am Yahweh, God says. I have invited you, calling you out by name, to meet with you with the means to be right and to be vindicated, ba-sadak, and I will firmly grasp you by the hand, empowering and strengthening you, and I will protect and preserve you. Then I will give to you accordingly the covenant, one for the family, as a light for the people, of other races and places, to open the eyes which have been blinded to bring out, liberating, those who are bound and confined from houses of captivity and control and those who live in darkness and confusion. J.Y. 42.7 Now, clearly, this is Yahweh speaking. It is what Yahweh intends this is not what Yosha accomplished. No. Uh, in fact, based upon his people's response to Yosha, to Yosha exactly the opposite occurred. So, Yahweh is speaking of a time before he returns. And he says, one of the, the The single most important things that you can recognize about his return. Uh, Maybe the single most. Uh, I don't think there's anything that competes with this. I am Yahweh. I am Yahweh. It's God's name. I am Yahweh. Until you acknowledge, accept, and proclaim that God is Yahweh, you are excluded from his family. You are excluded from heaven. There is no possibility of eternal life. You are not going to get anywhere near him. It is a prerequisite. We must know and declare and respect that God's name is Yahweh. It's one of the greatest crimes ever perpetrated by anyone, And it is a crime that is continually perpetrated against Jews by rabbis. The removal of God's name from his testimony. They might as well call him, what's his name? Because they don't know it. They don't say it. They don't respect it. They don't use it. God uses it. His prophets use it. All of those who know him use it. I am Yahweh. I don't know if there is a more important verb than kara. I I rather like yada because it means to know, to understand, to Mm -hmm. perceive, to acknowledge. Um, And there's a lot of nouns, proper nouns and, and common nouns that are exceedingly important. But can there be a verb more important than kara? Here, Yahweh says that uh, I, uh, I have invited you. God has given us an invitation to meet with him. He has called us out by name. He has summoned you. He is welcoming you. He's encouraging you to read and recite his Torah. This is important for a number of reasons. One is that was reaching out to us. We would have no way of knowing him if he didn't do this on our behalf. Second, everyone that God talks about in his Torah and prophets, he reached out to. He introduced himself to them. We don't make first contact, he does. Third, kara is the basis of Mikra the seven annual meetings, pesach Matzah, Bikurim, Shabua, Shabu'ah, Teruah, Kippurim, and Sukkah, are all mikra. The plural mikray. Mm-hmm. That is the path to God. It is the means to receive the benefits of the covenant. So I am Yahweh. I have kara'ata. I have invited you to meet. And I am providing you the means to be right and to be vindicated, Sadak. The one thing that distinguished Dode from all others. He was right. Mm -hmm. And to be part of the covenant family, to enter heaven, to form a relationship with Yahweh, one must be right. You don't have to be good. Don't have to believe anything. Certainly don't need to pray. Most certainly don't need to worship. But you've got to be right. And write about the big picture. What do the Mikrei represent? What are the terms and conditions of the covenant? What is Yahweh's intent for, for his people and for us? What is God expecting from us? What is he offering to us? These things, we must be right. Fortunately, it's an open book test. So we have no excuse. Vindication is the result of being right. God says, I will firmly grasp you by the hand. You look at Yahweh's name, the first letter, the yod, is an yeah. mm-hmm. arm coming down and a forearm reaching out with an open hand. God is saying, I will firmly grasp you by the hand, which means I'm going to lift you up, I'm going to empower you, I'm going to strengthen you, I'm going to teach you to walk, I'm going to raise you. We're going to journey through space and time together, side by side. I'm going to grasp you by the hands. What could be better than a father lifting up their child? Can you imagine walking hand in hand with Yahweh? I do every day when you translate his words and listen to what he has to say. hmm His goal is to strengthen us. That's why this idea of worshiping God and lifting God up in prayer and all of this sort of thing is just so mind-numbingly stupid. Even if you knew God, even if you got right about him, you can't lift him up. But he can lift us up. Yes, he can. I will protect and preserve you. That is what a father does. I'm going to keep you safe, sparing you, keeping you out of harm's way. And I will give to you, accordingly, the covenant. We can be part of God's family. It is our gift. It's a gift for the family. It is a light, a brilliant luminary for people of other races and places. Thank goodness or we wouldn't be able to to participate, but the covenant is for all people, first to the descendants of Jacob, but then to all the rest of us. The intent is to open eyes which have been blinded to bring out liberating those who are bound and confined, I, i.e. the religious, from houses of activity and control, which is what religion and politics do and those who live in the darkness and the confusion. Now, based on this declaration, you know, we can conclude a number of things now. The last time I think I shared six, I think this time I have um, a few more than that. First, Yahweh wants us to know his name, and to realize that he is the reason all of these things are possible. Two, God is inviting his people to meet with him and engage in a relationship, calling us out of this world to welcome us into his family. Three, his teaching enables us to be right. And when we're right, we can be vindicated. When correct, acquitted. Four, by grasping our father's hand which is being extended to us, we are strengthened. We're empowered, we're protected, we're uplifted by him. Five, Yahweh is committed to protecting his children, what fathers do, keeping us out of harm's way so that we can branch out and grow. Six, his gift to his creation is his covenant, the most valuable gift in the universe. Seven, its children, the covenant's children, are empowered to serve as a light in the midst of a very dark world. Eight, while God does not want his people to emulate the Gentiles, we are asked to enlighten them such that the blind might see what we have come to know. The ninth point is that the Almighty advocates freedom while man controls by confusion. Mm -hmm. Recognizing that the unenlightened are more easily pacified. You can be really aggressive with God. He's not trying to pacify you. Uh, You can wrestle with him. Uh, You can challenge him. You can test him. Uh, God didn't mind all that stuff. Uh, It's engaging. I'd be respectful in doing it, but Mm -hmm. feel free to do so. He doesn't want you pacified. He wants you to be enlightened and so that you understand. God's idea is to mitigate the differences between us. Rather than, you know, and religion, God's way out there, he's really big, sits on the throne, you've got to get down on your knees and, you know, and praise him. Yeah, God's idea is, I want to perfect you and enrich you and empower you to the point that we are very similar. God wants to give us everything we need to be so similar to him that we can spend eternity together. Yeah. You know, and the bigger the gap between us, the more, the less pleasant it is for Yahweh. Uh, it's, uh, okay, the, the closest thing that we humans have to an animal that we can relate to and that can relate to us as a dog. You know, I, I have uh, two of them, and, you know, they, right now they're both laying here on my feet, uh, wonderful companions. I walk out the door and their eyes are on me like a, a laser. They're, they're reading my expression, following my eyes. They want to know what we're going to go do. They can't wait to be together to explore together. And that's about as far as we can go to have a relationship. You know, I am not going to have a relationship with a snake or with a lizard or with a centipede or with a slug uh, It's just not going to happen. And so dogs, uh, you know, Hebrew, koleb, all heart, uh, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: are just the most similar uh, being in terms of a companion being uh, uh, to us. Uh, But that's about as far as we can go. So the more the dog is capable of understanding our words and can communicate back to us, and enjoys our company as we enjoy their company, the more the relationship becomes mutual and exciting and and, uh, rewarding. And so the more God can bridge this gap between who he is and who we are, which means since he's not going to diminish himself, that he has to hugely increase who we are in terms of our Mm -hmm. capabilities. That's the whole problem purpose of the covenant. The purpose of the covenant is to enrich and empower and enlighten us, to liberate us, so that we become very similar to Yahweh. The more similar we become to God, the more fun it will be for both of us. Now, the reason that Yahweh deployed his seven Ruach spirits to encourage and enlighten, to elucidate and embolden, to educate and empower his Chodor and Nakar and Malak and Bashar and Zoroa, uh, this Yada, is because the Nabi named Yasha Yas, saves, revealed a prophetic communication between El, God, and his Am family, which is vital to their continued existence. Yes, Yahweh is God's name. Knowing it, accepting it, cherishing it, and using it is the first step towards reconciliation. Now, while the formation of the breath covenant is the reason the universe was created and life was conceived, and our association is only possible when we accept Yahweh's Kara invitation, God is Kara calling us out of the Eretz, the material realm of man, unto Shamaim. That's the spiritual realm that he calls home. Those who reach this destination are Kara, welcome into God's presence. Having Kara read and recited the Torah, the Nabi, the Mismor. therein we learn what Kara that Kara is indeed the verbal root of Yahweh's Mikrei, which serves as the means to this wonderful resort. You know, I was uh, translating mm-hmm. uh, a portion uh, earlier today of uh, Hosha, and gotta say, you know, in his youth, uh, I loved Yisrael. And as I was withdrawing Yisrael from Human, uh, religious and political oppression. I viewed him as my son. Wow. Isn't that amazing? And so God is clearly saying that what my intent was is to create a father-child relationship with um, we humans. Mm-hmm. And that, that father and child relationship would be based on love. That was his intent. Of course, his people did everything they could to screw that up. But God's not going to be frustrated. That was his intent. That is his intent. And so I can assure you, when he returns, what he's going to do is to reestablish and restore that covenant relationship. Now, don't have to be the smartest in the universe to know that because what did he can, God say to Yermiyah, I'm going to return and when I return I'm going to restore and reaffirm the covenant relationship the with Yisrael mm-hmm. and Yauda. Yes, and I'm going to accomplish that by placing my Torah guidance right inside of them that's the plan and when mm-hmm. we have the Torah guidance inside of us, we are now educated to the point that we can think and respond like God. Mm-hmm. Communicate with God on, on the same level.
2: If yeah, you still have you're free imbued work. with yeah.
1: his teaching, you can teach. If you're imbued with his guidance, you can guide.
0: Make great choices.
1: Yeah. In the process, those who yada transition from ignorance to knowledge, from believing to understanding, and become Sadak right regarding who Yahweh is and what he's offering. Being correct regarding God is the catalyst to our Sadak vindication. This is really a brilliant insight that Yahshua is providing. It's It's a shame that... So many people have misappropriated this to create illusions as opposed to simply considering the words and capitalizing upon them. Once our relationship with Yahweh is reconciled, he can grasp hold of our hand so that we can walk side by side. So that he can lead and Shazak support us, so that he can affirm his love for us and raise us at his side and that's it's a huge part of how we can become so comfortable in all of this Uh now here Kirk we're reading about this job that Yahweh said that we were going to do on behalf of his people and he revealed this two thousand seven hundred years ago and in any other situation you'd be, I mean, I'd be intimidated to be shaking in my boots and said, no, no, no. I ain't going to do it. No. He's God. I'm not kidding. I can't live up to that standard. But because he's dad, dad is naturally predisposed to seeing the best in the kid. And even when the kid stumbles, it isn't dad's job to kick the kid while he's down, but instead to pick the kid up and say, hey, Let's do it again. This time I'll hold your hand. When you have that kind of support, when you have that kind of love, you can be bold. So long as you're enthusiastically devoted to the Father's business, Dad's going to do everything he can to make certain together we succeed. And no matter what we do under those circumstances, we're going to make a positive difference. Whether it's a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand, or a million. We finally choose to listen to the end.
0: Go ahead. Is the reason that so few will actually make it to this point, where they all accept, uh well, they'll choose to have a relationship with Yahweh. You know, the the downside of having a relationship with Him for if you are, if you, if you, he, if He were to prematurely turn us into light or someone into light, a light being, He can't get rid of you. I mean, get rid of you in a, in a black hole, but I mean, how horrible would that be? So, I mean, it's just it is. A, he's got an awfully good weeding out
1: process yeah,
2: I mean, to find well, out who really likes it, Him.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, let's say that yeah, I would say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the, uh, the game. I'm going to eliminate free will. Uh, yeah. I'm not okay. going to speak yeah. through people because no. you know, he tried speaking directly to us, and uh, his people said, no, 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 that's scary. We don't want any more of that. And so he said, fine, I get it. I, I'll, I'll filter what I have to say through people so that it can resonate more clearly and so that you're not intimidated. You can listen to the words. You can contemplate the words without being intimidated. So let's just say that God says, okay, I'm going to dispense with all that. I'm going to go back to not only speaking directly to you, I'm going to put everything that I have ever wanted you to know inside of you so that it becomes the operating system of your life. You can't deny it. You can't walk away from it. You can't change it. It is your life's program.
0: Okay, now, No, I will yeah. now.
1: Wow. No free will at that point.
0: No. No and, love then.
1: And uh and no opportunity to make the decision to be observant and to grow and to figure it out. At that point, you know it all. Mhm. Uh, the last 21 years of my life has been to learn.
0: Yeah, grow and
1: to share what mm-hmm if everybody had a plug-in of the Torah, what would be the purpose of learning? What would be the purpose of sharing? What would be the purpose in choosing?
0: And no relationships at all.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: It has so, to work this way. It's not yeah, cruel. It has, it has to, to work this way. way.
1: And, but it has to be put inside of us once we've made the decision. Listen, uh, at this point, mm-hmm. I... My decision yeah, yeah, is, is overwhelmingly – You're all in. I'm, all, I'm, in I'm all in. And so yeah. I've actually, uh, and you have, uh, mm-hmm. jumped the gun on this. The TOR is my operating system now. I have uh, swallowed it whole. It is what guides my life. It is the dominant force of my life. So I've already integrated it. But that's this Torah that he shared through Moshe that Hmm. uh, I am trying to help his people understand. Once we are transformed into light beings and that we are elevated to seven dimensions, the universe is so big and there's so much going on, Yahweh at that point does have to... uh, program us such that uh, we can enjoy the universe without doing something. For example, I am certain that there's life on those other planets because God loves life, and he wouldn't have created the language to replicate life if he didn't want many iterations of it. So we're going to go off and we're going to see life on other planets. There are going to have to be some rules as to what we should and we should not do. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first thing you're going to do is see something you think is fun, you're going to want to go communicate with it and interact with it. But how much of that can you do before you're harmful to the organism? So we're going to have to learn that. I want to go and explore galaxies, but at the center of a galaxy is a black hole. And so, you know, not a good thing to get trapped in. So how do you get to explore while enjoying uh, safely? Yes. everything but yet not uh, subjecting yourself or anyone else to harm. So we're going to have a, um, uh, a different form of Torah guidance inside of us, integrated into us. And then we'll learn by exploring with Yahweh the, uh, the universe that he has created and probably have the opportunity to even be creative ourselves. That's the, uh, that's the offer. But between now and then, it's the right way. Uh, It becomes the filter. Do you care enough about coming to know God that you're willing to listen to him? Are you willing to reject the influences that are counter to him, the religious and political influences, conspiratorial influences? Are you willing to walk away from those things and walk to Yahweh along the path that he has provided? Right now, it's a choice. Um, right now, it's unrequited love. God loves his people, but they do not love him in return. But Kirk, that's going to change. It has changed already for a significant number of us. Mm-hmm. And it's going to uh, to change for even more. God's saying, I'm not coming back disappointed. He's going to return to his people pleased. Oh, I uh, Kaporum is, is the ultimate day of celebration. The relationship's going to be reconciled. And the thing that we just have to be careful of is not uh, slathering God with, with human characteristics. And from a human point of view, um, we want there to be a big crowd. We want mm-hmm. when... When uh, Yahweh shows up, that every Jew is there exclaiming his name and and well-equipped with the knowledge to be right about him and to accept him. That's what we want. But that's not what God has ever sought. God did not say that I created a thousand atoms in the garden. Not even a hundred. Not even five. He was happy with the one, and he didn't create Chava for himself. He created Chava for Adam. So one was enough. One was enough. And if one was enough, God's not going to be impressed with with having a million. So our view of all of this has to change. It's, you know, There is no way that God's going to want the Christian and uh, two and a half billion of them or the Muslim and a billion six of them. He was happy with one. He, with Noah, he was happy with eight. With Abraham, it was uh, he and uh, Sarah. And then they added Jacob, or excuse me, they added Ishak.
2: And mm-hmm.
1: then, uh, you know, with uh, Jacob, there were twelve sons, two wives. that's not never, never really been interested in uh, in numbers. But the problem was that there, were, you still got to have one for a relationship. Yeah,
0: and even though the better yeah. part
1: of the last twenty five hundred years, he says there were none. And it is the day of reconciliations, which is plural, so there must be some. And there are now uh, a significant number of Yehudim Mm -hmm. that have chosen to part of his covenant family. So that's what we're about. It's um, irrelevant to our calling to try to project the number of uh, people who are going to return. All we can say is if you're listening, someone has shared this you with read? you. If you've been given an introduction to God, capitalize upon it. Don't do it for us. Do it for yourself. Do it for those you love. Do it because it's the right thing to do. Do it because you've come to respect. Yeah, well, and all he has done for you. So this is really a very graphic presentation, Kirk, of Yahweh's mm-hmm. name, uh, his gift of Ahab, of love, of support, of Torah, guidance, of protection. It is Symbolic of the Bareth Covenant. The beneficiaries of Pesach and Matzah are Bacorum. We're adopted into God's family. We are transformed into light or in the process of becoming like our father, perfect, immortal. This, our God's greatest gift, his Bareth is for Goyim and Yehudim, for all people. Initially offered to Abraham and Sarah, consistent with their varied ethnicity, it is now open to every race in every place on earth. And as with the whole of Yahweh's prophetic revelations, his words are intended to open the eyes of those who have been blinded by religion and politics, patriotism and conspiracy, it is time to emancipate those these humans' contrivances have sought to control, to enable the open-minded to emerge out of the darkness and come into the light. The prophetic revelation of Yahshua has been available for 2,700 years. And yet, this is the first time we are witnessing what Yahweh intended for his people to see. Initially, Jews were too busy fighting among themselves, either incorporating Greek influences during the Maccabean period, to encouraging the Roman invasions during the time of Akiba. From there, the rabbis were too preoccupied with establishing Judaism and compiling the Talmud to control their brethren to focus on what Yahshua revealed, and ultimately Yahshua's message became too counter to their religion to even consider, with Jews looking elsewhere. Christians were beguiled to believe that these prophecies spoke of their misnomer, Jesus Christ. They built their religion upon this faulty edifice, corrupting God's message to the point that it was no longer of any value. This misappropriation irritated the rabbis all the more, but rather than disapproving the Christian apologists, They simply retreated from Yahweh. Centuries later, predicated as predicted, God brought a Goy into the fold, an observant foreigner, and turned him into a witness on behalf of his blinded people. I guess Kirk and the land of the Mm -hmm. blind, one-eyed man has the Samaritan. With the insights provided by the prophets and their words and Yahweh's spirit, God is elucidating those whose eyes are open, leading them out of the darkness of religion and into the light of the relationship he intended. So we'll end this on... Uh, on. Uh, Yahweh's next statement through the prophet Yahshua, Isaiah Isaiah 42.8. Okay. I am Yahweh. That is my name. My manifestation of power and significant status, my rewarding presence and honorable stature, I will never transfer to another. To an estranged man or God. To anyone who is different in any way. Or my adoration and appreciation, my renown or reputation to representations of gods. To know Yahweh, to engage in a relationship with him, to speak for him. And to be with him. We must know. Openly acknowledge and confidently express his name. I am Yahweh. That is my name. Well. Pretty hard to refute that.
0: Now I'm ready to focus.
1: Yeah, that means that his name is not Jesus, his name is not Christ, his name is not Allah, his name is not the name, his name is not the Lord. But what name? But one name. Only one name. Many titles, many attributes, but one name. It is always and will always be Yahweh. And yet, Kirk, you could read every page ever written by the rabbis, and you will never find that name expressed. You could listen to their every sermon, and you'll never hear it said. I am Yahweh. That is my name. You could read the entirety of the Christian New Testament. You'll never see that. Never once. Mm. You could read the Zohar. You will not find it. You could read the Quran. You will not find it. There are many things that Yahweh's testimony have in common. But the single most important of them is Yahweh's name. If you're reading something purports to be from God and it does not include Yahweh's name, it is not from God. It is a fraud. I am Yahweh. That is my name. And it is our goal for you to yada, Yahweh. Well, Kirk, it's been my pleasure to be with you. It's been a uh, yes. Sir fact-filled uh, day. It's, um, I feel like I'm getting a uh, a PhD in Yahology every time we read uh, anything Yashiyah has to say.
2: Yeah.
1: He was clearly Yeah, he was clearly brilliant. Uh, I don't think there was anybody who could compete with Yashiyah's brilliance as a, uh, a prophet there. Uh, Hosha was the most emotional of them. He'll bring you to tears. Yeah. But Yashiyah Will stimulate your uh, your mind, and um, but boy, we uh, we have been the beneficiaries uh, today, uh, this evening. <laughs> Happy Shabbat to one and all. Look forward to being with yes. you next week. And never forget, Yahweh is God's name. May Yahweh bless. Good night.
2: Shabbat Shalom. Good
1: night.